Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. All right, good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Thursday, February 18th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Oh, my goodness, we are all over the place this week. Coming to you from Seattle, Washington today, live on the floor of Canacon. This place is huge. We're at Pier 91 in this huge convention center, two floors, hundreds of vendors, and just everything you could possibly want here in uh, marijuana and marijuana business to business. Uh, thanks, Bob Smart, for having us out here with uh, CannabisRadio.com. And uh, we'll be at the VIP party later tonight. I'll be emceeing uh, at the uh, Columbia Tower downtown Seattle. I ran into Teresa from Potluck Events in Alaska. They've got the Cannabis, so I'll be riding out on the Cannabis and having a good time. I also got myself some 24 karat gold rolling papers. That's right, folks. 24 karat gold rolling papers from shinepapers.com. Big thanks to them for the gift. Really appreciate that. And uh, before we go too much further, let me thank everybody out there for the amazing generosity and gift giving that I've been a recipient of. If you follow my Facebook or Twitter feeds, you'll know that yesterday was a pretty bad day for me. Uh, First of all, I've lost my cell phone coverage for reasons we don't need to go into. So I got no cell phone. And uh, I've had to rely on Wi-Fi everywhere I go to be able to communicate and get information. And you know me, I travel a lot and I travel with Uber and I travel with public transportation. And the long story short is yesterday I ended up lugging my 80 pounds worth of gear all over the Seattle Puget Sound area, having caught five buses. Two of them were the wrong bus going the wrong way. (laughs) So I just had a terrible time lugging my gear around in the rain and just dead broke so I couldn't, you know, get an Uber or a cab. I had to rely on the Orca card transit pass that I had purchased. So I was just feeling all out of it and I ranted about it on Facebook and just asked people, you know, if you could give 20 bucks or something, send it into my PayPal, Radical Russ or Russ at RadicalRuss.com on PayPal. If you could donate a little on PayPal to help me out, that'd be great, right? Last I looked, this was over $1,300. I am just gobsmacked. I, I cannot believe the generosity and the appreciation of the fans of the Russ Belleville Show helping me stay out here on the road, helping me go from place to place to bring you to these events. And that's, you know, someone spoke to me earlier today and, and had read that stuff online, and, and he said, you know, you, you, you take us all to all of these events. You bring these events to the people in Kansas and Kentucky and Idaho and Iowa and all these places where they don't get a chance to really experience the uh, cannabis community and the marijuana green rush. So it's my pleasure to do it. I think I've got the best job in the world, and if I've got fans like you, I know this is going to go far. So thank Thank you so much for all your support. I really, really appreciate it. It's been it's been a tough couple of months for me. Anyway, coming up on the show today, we've got all sorts of great stuff from Canacon, and uh, we'll start with a 
talk with a couple of the guys from Salient Systems who are at the booth right next to mine here uh, in Seattle. Then we've got Cecilia from Nana's Secret Sodas here in Washington State. She's getting ready for I-502. We've got uh, Kevin from CSI HVAC, uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning services. Nick from Best Value Vacs. Those are the vacuum purge ovens. You'll kind of notice a theme when we start talking to these people, too. Scott McKinley from Caviar Gold Records, or Cavi Gold Records. Excuse me. Caviar Gold's the weed. Cavi Gold is the records. Scott McKinley from Cavi Gold Records joins us. We've played a lot of his artists on the Herb Thrasher Flower Hour on 420radio.org. And we got to hear an acoustic song from Jimmy Nuge from the Failsafe Project. We'll play that for you. We got Bob Smart from Canacon, Teresa from Potluck Events in Anchorage, Alaska, and Lewis from Shine 24 Karat Gold. Old rolling papers at shinepapers.com. It's all coming up today on the Russ Belleville Show, live at Cannabis. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Normal stands for Responsible Adult Cannabis Use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. From high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, February 18th, 2016. When New Mexico's Senate this week considered a measure that would have asked voters whether to legalize marijuana, the debate inevitably became as much about Colorado... An American Furniture uh, Warehouse has been the number one mattress store for 40 years. My apologies for the uh, internet ads coming here. Sorry about that. Uh, Let's see if we can make that not happen again. And we will start the news segment over because we cannot have that on our regularly scheduled news segment. Ah, you know, we're doing it live here at Canacon. Uh, <laughs> definitely doing it live when we get a, 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 a situation like this. So let me uh, restart everything. Thanks, everybody, for your uh, participation. And let's try this again.
It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, February 18th, 2016. When New Mexico's Senate this week considered a measure that would have asked voters whether to legalize marijuana, the debate inevitably became as much about Colorado as the lawmaker's home state. When making his case against the measure, Senator William Scherer, a Republican from Farmington, pointed to Denver where he said crime has increased since retail stores opened in the city in 2014. The New Mexico measure ultimately failed 24 to 17. Marijuana policy experts and Colorado officials urge caution when trying to grade legalization's impacts, which are the subject of debate all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, where this week justices are scheduled to discuss a lawsuit over pot filed against Colorado by two neighboring states. But there is one thing that legalization supporters, opponents, and neutrals within Colorado agree on. It's unlikely marijuana has much to do with Denver's recent uptick in crime, as Scherer suggested it has. In fact, according to the Denver Crime Statistics, marijuana crimes account for less than 1% of the total offenses in Denver in any given year. Marijuana has attracted many labels in its time. On Friday, Colorado lawmakers debate whether the state should give the drug one more often associated with purple carrots than purple haze, and that's certified organic marijuana labels. Colorado starts work Friday on becoming the first state to regulate organic labels in its pot industry, with other legal weed states watching to see whether they, too, should step in to help customers wondering what's on their weed. Organic standards are regulated federally, and pot remains illegal at the federal level, meaning there's nothing stopping commercial pot growers from calling their wares organic. Consumer confusion over organic marijuana peaked in Colorado earlier this year when Denver Health Authority seized thousands of plants from growers suspected of using off-limits chemicals on their plants. Most of the plants were ultimately released, but some were sold with names that suggested the products were natural or organic. As legal marijuana markets continue to expand in the United States, some experts are arguing that growers have both the need and the opportunity to make their operations greener. A new report published by data analysis firm New Frontier highlights the huge energy footprint of marijuana cultivation and outlines strategies to make production more energy efficient, a transition that the authors claim is not only good for the environment, but good for business too. The new report draws on data from a variety of sources, including businesses within the industry, government agencies, and consumer studies, and paints an alarming portrait of the industry's extreme energy use. Research cited in the report suggests that marijuana production in the United States accounts for 1% of the entire nation's electrical output, the equivalent of the electricity used by 1.7 million homes, with a staggering price tag of $6 billion per year. A marijuana-related proposal that would allow out-of-state investors to enter the Oregon pot industry cleared its first major hurdle in the Oregon legislature. Three proposals that would alter the ways in which legal marijuana is bought, sold, and regulated in Oregon gained momentum at the Capitol this week with relatively minimal debate or discord among partisan policymakers, pleasing many industry advocates who had been rallying for changes. Some of the issues these proposals addressed were, by contrast, points of dispute just a year ago when lawmakers were laying the groundwork to legalize marijuana. 
Arizona. On Tuesday morning, House Bill 4094, a measure that would exempt banks from state criminal liability for doing business with the marijuana industry, moved to the Senate after gaining almost unanimous support in the House by a 56-3 vote. Financial institutions have been extremely worried to serve the pot industry because cannabis still is illegal under federal law, forcing marijuana businesses to operate on an almost entirely cash basis. Later that afternoon, a committee of both House and Senate lawmakers tasked with rolling out legalization unanimously approved Senate Bill 1511, which proposes to allow recreational dispensaries to sell medical marijuana to patients tax-free, affording businesses and consumers more options and convenience. Another pot proposal, House Bill 4014, cleared the House on Monday with broad support in a 48-11 vote. That bill, now up for Senate approval, would allow out-of-state investors to enter Oregon's burgeoning pot industry. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Thursday, February 18th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. This is Cannabis Facts from Robert Platshorn's TheSilverTour.org. Supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. In 1937, the second most prescribed medicine, marijuana, was banned. It wasn't about marijuana. The paper, oil, and chemical industries lobbied to end hemp farming. No longer labor-intensive, an acre of hemp produced more quality paper than four acres of trees. Plastics and fibers could be produced from a plant. Hemp can even produce ten times the energy of today's ethanol. As marijuana prohibition ends, many states now allow farmers to again grow hemp. This was Cannabis Facts from the Silvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to process America's hemp crop at hempinc.com. Imagine life without taxes. Let New Era Certified Public Accountants, NewEraCPAs.com, handle your Cannabis 280E and tax strategy. Get your business prepared with New Era CPA's Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. NewEraCPAs.com, with years of experience in the industry, we are one of the nation's leading accounting firms for growers, dispensaries, and ancillary companies from Washington to California. NewEraCPAs.com. once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Canna Business Chronicles. Good day, Tokers and Tokets. Radical Russ here at CannaCon in Seattle. It's day one, and we're here with CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belville Show, getting some interviews with vendors here. And I'm in a very strange location. Uh, this is, first of all, this place is absolutely huge, and it's huge on two floors, huge. So it's just massive. And I am literally all the way at the end, and not just at the end, but with my back to the whole 
uh, event floor. <laughs> it's very strange. Uh, but there's a couple of other booths back here in the boonies with me. And uh, one of them over to my left is Salient Systems. So I said, let's talk to the guys at Salient Systems. Tell folks your name. I'm Blake. Blake? Jordan. Jordan. My name is Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Nice to meet you. So what does Salient Systems do? Jordan, you want to speak on this one? Yeah, that sounds good. So Salient Systems is a manufacturer of video management software. Video management software is a software that goes and manages uh, your, your video surveillance system. So really what it does is it's, it's what you go through to find what day and what time uh, happened in a certain event. So uh, if you have your uh, camera set up to, uh, for facial recognition and there are 50 uh, faces recognized in one day, this software you can go in and uh, take a look at each event and instead of having to pan through 10, 12, 13 hours of video, you can simply just go in, look at those 50 events and it'll pull, pull up a one, two, three minute clip of, uh, the, this, of what you're looking for of the person, uh, the, the face that was detected. Wow. Uh, it's an open platform software, Salient Systems is an open platform, which means we can integrate with really any camera manufacturer on the market, any access control manufacturer. So what that means is if you have an access control um, system set up, where which is card swiping, you're swiping a card, you can have it set up. So you swipe the card, your camera points at the, that location, starts recording, and it's all unified under one platform, and you can have your doors unlocking and your cameras recording all under one event. Wow, that is amazing. Because I, you know, I do a lot of these events, and I'll see guys that are selling... Uh, the video, you know, surveillance and the little bulb cameras and all those. And I think maybe a lot of people don't think about the other side of it is, sure, you got 24 hours a day recording in six or seven different rooms, but if you ever had to go through that and try to watch it for some specific event, that would be a real time-consuming thing. This sounds like a really great platform for people. Uh, what else can we tell them about Salient? You know, you really hit it on the head right there. It's really about the end user experience. So going in there and eliminating the time that it takes to find the event you're looking for is, is really what it's all about. And that's what we're doing here. I used to work at a golf course. There was some golf clubs stolen from me in the pro shop when I was working. And it took well, half a week to find the exact time when the, the, the uh, golf clubs were stolen. Wow. So in an event like this, you can set up facial detection. So you're getting an event for every time someone comes into the scene, the field of view of the camera. And instead of having to look through all those hours, you're really just pinpointing. You can do motion detection. You can do a virtual line crossing. So you can draw a line in the field of view of the cameras. If someone crosses that line, you're going to get an event for that. So, you know, some of the other things we can do is we have something that's... Uh, it's uh, unique to Salient. It's transaction tracker. So what it does is actually integrates to your point of sale machine, so such as your micros machine, and it uh, also wires into the camera. And what it's doing is it's pulling a uh, a picture of that receipt with um, a one or two, maybe three minute video clip of that video tied to that receipt. So once again, you're going in and you're looking for events, and you can go in and say there's, and it's it's. Uh, you can have these set up by maybe these events set up as a uh, customer discount, so like an employee discount, 20% off, you know, any type of thing. So say, once again, you're working at a, a, uh, a, uh, a pro shop of a golf course, and 
So you're having a, a, uh, an issue with some of the guys working at the pro shop giving their buddies free golf. You can go in there. You can set up the system so that it's, once I, like I said, set up to the point of sale machine, set up to the camera system so that you can go in and say, oh, wow, there was 20 employee discounts today. That is quite a bit more than usual. So then at that point, you go in, you look at all of those 20 events and the one-minute clip around it, and you can see, oh, Johnny right there gave that guy an employee discount, and that guy's not an employee. And so at the, in, in regards to that, usually the return on investment uh, saves you know, going in and being able to to do that, the return on investment will pay itself off in you know half a year or a year. Wow! And this is the kind of this is the kind of stuff people will be familiar with with say Facebook. You know, Facebook will tag a face, right? You can pick out who's a face by you know a facial recognition. And hashtagging is like making events, or you know, you're kind of making a, a bookmark in time on your on your video feed to be able to just go skip, skip, skip right to it, almost like tracks on a DVD, maybe. Like you just go fast forward to them? Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly what it is. So in the software, there's uh, different color codes for different events. And uh, what, so you can really just file through them. Uh, you know, if you have an event for virtual line crossing, like I said, the facial detection. And the facial detection is not to be confused with facial recognition. Okay. So with facial recognition, you know, you need a database of thousands of faces. And really, if facial recognition was working, that's what TSA and, you know, government agencies would be working. That is not really in the consumer market or available yet. Maybe we're probably still five years out from that, but it's facial detection. So the difference is there is if you have motion detection and a bunch of cars are driving by or a, or a dog walks by, your camera is going to trigger an event for that motion. Ah. But say you don't care about the dogs or the cars that drive by, you really only care about the people coming in because the people are stealing, then you're getting only the events for the people, yeah. uh, which really fine-tunes the search. It's the difference between... Who's human face and a human face? Exactly. Okay. So, so, go ahead. Yeah, it's really just showing you that there is a human there. Exactly. All right. So, let's tell people how to get in touch with Salient System Online if they want to contact you or learn more about your products. Yeah. So, you can find us uh, salientsys.com. Uh, you can also find uh, me and my partner here, Blake. We are with the manufacturer's rep firm that represents Salient in the Pacific Northwest. Our uh, company is called Osborne Sales Solutions, O-S-B-O-R-N is how you spell Osborne. If you just look it up on Google, you'll find our information. Our boss is Bill, and uh, you know we have some large end-user testimonials here in the Pacific Northwest with some Fortune 500, 100 companies that uh, we'd be more than willing to uh, get you in touch with and really share our platform with anyone. Now, thank you so much, Blake and Jordan from Salient Systems for stopping by, and uh, we'll be back with more from Canacon Day One here in Seattle right after this. It's a good time here at Canacon. We are live on the floor with some interviews we recorded earlier this morning. We got more of them coming up. Our next interview in the Cannabis Chronicles with two businesses that are booming thanks to marijuana legalization: Cecilia from Nana's Secret Soda. And Kevin from CSI HVAC, both coming up next in the Cannabis Chronicles. You're listening to the Russ Bellville Show live from Canacon, Seattle, 2016 on CannabisRadio.com. We'll be right back after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com.
Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norman. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Canna Business Chronicles. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here at CannaCon Day 1 with CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belville Show. We are upstairs, which is just as huge as the downstairs. This is probably the largest, one of the largest conventions that I've covered. And I run into an old friend here, Cecilia from Nana's uh, Medicinals. Nana's Secret Soda. Right, Nana's Secret Soda, and uh, lots of flavors. I've always enjoyed uh, your products. What's the latest for you and your business? Uh, I'm in the process of uh, getting all my compliance taken care of for 502, and um, almost there. We just have uh, some building permits, I believe, and uh, a walkthrough to do. Has this been a difficult process for you? Uh, it has. It's been a long time coming, and it was very difficult to find the right investors that were actually good people to uh, work with. So I'm very happy about what's happening with Nana's right now. Tell folks about your products. I mean, I think they're delicious, but you can tell them about the flavors and, you know, you got anything new coming out? Um, I really can't talk about what's coming out, but I, I will say that um, we have 10 flavors currently plus uh, sugar-free root beer, so we have 11 flavors, and um, I love what I do. It's a great thing to be able to love the business that you're in and to work with really good people. We're here at the MJBA, the Marijuana Business Association booth. Uh, as an entrepreneur working in this in this field, uh, are, do you feel it's really important to give back to the activism side? 
It is. I, I would like everyone also to know when MJBA started out in 2013, I was one of their first corporate sponsors. And uh, what that means is they helped me build my brand to where it is today. And I think if anybody wants to get involved in the cannabis industry, they need to first get involved with the Medical Marijuana Business Association. There you go, mjba.net. You can find out more. They've always been really good to us here at the Russ Belleville Show. All right, so uh, if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about your stuff, where they can they go online or contact you somehow? Cecilia at nanasecret.com. Uh, our website is currently being built. All right. Cecilia at nanasecret.com. Some fabulous infused sodas and coming soon to the I-502 world, right? Yes, that's correct. Any ETA on that? Um, no, I don't want to talk about that either. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know when, but it's coming soon. All right. Thank you so much, Cecilia. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. We're back with more from Canacon Day 1 right after this. Welcome back, everyone, to day one of Canacon here in Seattle, Washington. I'm at the booth here for CSI HVAC, and here's Kevin to tell us all about it. Kevin, tell us about CSI HVAC. Well, CSI HVAC is uh, a completely building management system that we're offering through Daikin. Um, we have a control system that you can control your lights, your, your um, CO2 integration, DHU, water, the whole building, you can manage the whole building with an iTouch manager inside the building or through your iPhone, your phone remotely from Hawaii or wherever else you want to be. So you don't necessarily have to be there, but you can monitor your whole build-out and grow facility. Uh, CSI HVAC provides that services for you. It's all Daikin um, equipment. The Japanese have invented um, variable volume refrigerant, which provides equipment that will operate at about 50% capacity of traditional American equipment, um, which it works more like a um, um, kind of like cruise control where it never really stops. It just kind of slows down and then ramps back up using less um, amperage. And, and when you don't stop a motor and kick it on, that's where things start breaking down. When this one never does that, it'll last twice as long and it uses half as much electricity. So I, it's a great system. Um, I'm also a, a, a Tier 2 producer processor in Tacoma, so I've built out my own facility, so I know what everybody else is going through, so I know how to support them and financially help them get from the beginning to the end. I can do the whole building for them or just the HVAC, whatever they want. Now, is, is CSI HVAC a company that had been doing you know, mainstream, regular type of commerce, and then the green rush came in and you found, oh, this is a new niche opportunity? Yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, I didn't want to do the Canacon last year. I didn't know anything about it. And uh, my supply house, Johnstone, where I buy my equipment, paid for a booth and sent me down here. And last year, I just came down here trying just to sell HVAC. And since then, I, I bought my own building, got my own license, built, built out my own building, which has gotten me into the rush. And now I know what everybody else wants, and I don't really care to go back to what I used to do, but we're still doing, taking care of uh, commercial jobs and residential jobs. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but uh, how, how much has this improved business for the company? Absolutely. Um, I'm tenfold bigger than I was before previous to this because um, the building management systems I'm, I'm offering to people are like 250000 and on up. Um, I have lower-end um, um, equipment that you would see in a residential application that we can use to, in the same a um, application. 
um, a lot of ductless mini splits for less um, cost, or we can go high end to, for the guy who needs all the bells and whistles. So I can do everything in, in between and all the way to the ceiling, whatever they want. That's pretty remarkable. So uh, let's give our listing audience uh, some online contacts or ways they can get in touch with you guys. Well, CSI HVAC is in Tacoma, Washington. Um, my phone number is area code 253-224-8301. Our email is kevkarmel at comcast.net. I'm based out of Tacoma, Washington, um, 98407. Um, and we're willing to travel anywhere that anybody needs a, a project done. All right. Well, that's great stuff. CSI HVAC f- folks, check them out. And thank you so much, Kevin, for talking to us here at Canacon. Have yourself a great show. Excellent. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, more from Canacon. We're live on the floor of Canacon 2016 at Pier 91 in Seattle, Washington. Two floors of event going on. And there's two more days of this event. One day pass is just 20 bucks if you just want to see the exhibits. If you want to see the seminars, it's more than that. But visit Canacon.org if you want to come out here. Would love to meet you if you're in the Seattle, Washington area. We've got more pre-recorded interviews from earlier this morning coming up next in our cannabis community chat. Scott McKinley from Cavi Gold Records and one of his Cavi Gold artists, Jimmy Nuge from the Failsafe Project, when we return. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Tokers, there's no good reason to get your dog stoned. While it might not harm them physically, imagine being a dog who already begs for treats all day, and then imagine that dog having the munchies. Not cool. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Welcome back, everyone, to day one of Canacon here in Seattle. And over here in the front right corner from the entrance, I run into the Caviar Gold booth and Scott Scott from Caviar Gold. How are you doing? 
I'm doing great, Russ. How are you doing? Good to see you out here. Uh, it's great to be here, and what a huge event. This is. Tell us what part Caviar Gold is playing in this event, because you've always got great entertainment and all sorts of things going on. Yeah, well, this year they asked us to actually uh, get the stage going for CanaCon, so we have the Caviar Gold stage outside by the, uh, I think, 14 food trucks, all different kinds of stuff, and we have 19 bands over the course of the next wow. three days that we booked up, and we have our booths inside here. We have all the band's music and merch, and... Uh, all our cool little t-shirts and stuff and just just doing our branding thing who are some of the newest bands that are going to be playing out here well one of the newest bands out here that i'm really excited about tomorrow night is devil's hunt me down yes and we've played them on the herb thrasher show you guys have played them recently on the herb thrasher show and uh, for sure those guys are going to rip it up yeah looking forward to that check out the cavi gold stage is it cavi gold or caviar gold caviar gold to... means weed cavi gold means music cavi is music caviar is weed because exactly. weed is caviar right Okay, so uh, all sorts of great T-shirts for sale. We've got the Cavi Cones. i got to tell you, the Cavi Cone, I travel all over the country. I don't find anything better. Uh, uh, thank you. Yeah, loving it. Uh, what other products do people need to know about? Well, we are going to have um, syringes of different flavors of the Cavi Cones in oil form. Oh. We are going to have our disposable cigarettes um, containers that have a half gram of our flavored oil inside there. Fantastic. Um, we are going to have our now... It's like a Starburst pack that you can have 10 different taffies inside. They're all the 10 milligram pieces for 502. Mm. So we will have 10 different flavors of those out. And uh, there is some more stuff coming that I can't really talk about yet. It's really cool <laughs> that, uh, I'm really excited about. Awesome. I, and I got to tell you another thing. Um, you know, I do a lot of these events. I collect a lot of stuff. And the other day I, I was going through my fridge and I found this big old plastic bag full of edibles that I'd collected from other places. And there was those little tiny boxes of cavi taffies. Oh, yeah. Right. And, you know, my thing with edibles is I generally don't do it because I don't get nothing off of it. I popped a couple of those before I got on a flight and it was smooth. Let me tell you. <laughs> I was lucky to get off the flight. Let me tell you, it was really, really good. All right, so Cavi Gold, Caviar Gold. Give people all the contact info they need. Um, CaviarGold.com links to everything. CaviarGoldRecords.com links to all music. Um, we have tours going out. We have people touring in Europe right now. We have um, our band, Everybody Panic. Uh, guitar player and producer of that band is actually running the stage sound right now for Anacon. And his band, a couple like a week ago, was just picked up by David Ellison of Megadeth. Oh. So Megadeth is now managing them. them and uh, our other band, Apollo Under Fire, that we're about to release, um, they just got picked up by management from David Ellison as well. So and, and the three biggest albums in the world right now, you got Adele, Justin Bieber, and Megadeth. Man. And Megadeth is now part of our management team with our music. So um, the sky's the limit on this one. We just, we just got a kind of good break. That's awesome. Well, Scott, thanks so much for having me over here, and uh, have yourself a great show here at Canicon. Russ! Ah! Uh, or on Cavigold website, caviargold.com, caviargoldrecords.com also. Check it out. Jimmy Nooch. Jimmy Nooch. Yes, sir. This song goes out the promo in Levi of everybody Panic fan and Hinder Drum Tech fan. Comes to the most romantic of all Batman movies. Sing along with me if you know it. Sign on me and 
from the Failsafe Project. You can get more of their music by going to CaviGoldRecords.com. Thanks to Jimmy Nuge for uh, that wonderful performance. And they've got many more bands, a total of 19 bands that will be performing out there at the Cavi Gold Records stage here at Canacon. It's not too late for you to come out if you're in the Seattle area. Check out Canacon.org. 
One-day tickets are only 20 bucks. It's worth it just to get to the food trucks and the music, much less the two floors of full-scale cannabis commerce going on here in legal Washington State. We're right back with the Radical Ranch. We're going to tell you why pot growers oppose legalization in California and more when we return. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. Welcome back. We are live on the floor of Canacon, day one in Seattle, Washington. And for today's rant, we're actually going to go farther south and talk a little bit about California because in my last radical rant published on hightimes.com this Tuesday uh, entitled The Dumbest Reason to Oppose California Marijuana Legalization I recounted how I've been interviewing opponents of the now $2.25 million funded Adult Use of Marijuana Act or ALMA in California. In response I've been called a bootlicking moderate, a sellout a shill a brown noser, and other names unfit for the public airwaves. But I haven't yet heard anybody attack the actual substance of my arguments. Generally, their opposition to Alma is that it is not true legalization, in that it doesn't legalize enough. There will still remain laws and regulations, and the penalties for noncompliance will include possible jail. Therefore, they argue... It's not true legalization. 
and should be rejected in favor of the status quo. Oh, sure, some will posit that it should be rejected in favor of the Marijuana Control Legalization and Revenue Act, or MCLR, or in favor of the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative, CCHI. Well, I'm all for that, actually. MCLR is clearly better than ALMA, and CCHI is clearly better than MCLR. Hell, if, if I had my preference, we'd reject them all in favor of the Russ Belville True Legalization Act. Let's call it RBTLA. <laughs> I just wrote it, actually. Uh, it legalizes marijuana for all adults 18 and older. It has no possession or cultivation limits. It requires all weed to be sold tax-free with a price cap of $20 an ounce. It forces every count every county to plant a 100-acre weed garden for free weed for patients. It prohibits any and all local bans, and it mandates a free quarter pound of weed for everyone on their birthday. But I wonder what would actually make the ballot. The Alma, with its $2.25 million war chest, backing of the two leading national drug reform orgs, endorsements by major political players, and comportment with the Cole Memo and the Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom Commission. Is that going to make the ballot, or is it going to be MCLR, CCHI, or the RBTLA? I'd tell you how much money each of the other organizations have raised so far, but when I ask them, the only answers I get are, we're raising money, and we're taking donations, and other phrases suspiciously lacking in a dollar sign and a number. The facts are that this ALMA initiative has the money to make the ballot and the language that's moderate enough to make 50% plus one California voters approve it. Opposing this initiative puts one in the place of aiding and abetting the cops, rehabs, drug testers, and prison guards who want to make sure legalization fails. And why on earth would anyone oppose this ALMA when the prohibition California has now is so much worse. Now, getting caught with an ounce of weed gets you a ticket. Under Alma, an ounce of weed in your pocket is perfectly legal. Now, getting caught growing even one cannabis plant at home gets you a felony. Under Alma, up to six cannabis plants in your home are perfectly legal. Now, getting caught with over an ounce of weed in your home gets you a misdemeanor. Under Alma... You can possess at home all of the results of your harvest from your six plants. Now, getting caught with any amount of concentrate can get you a year in jail. Under Alma, your possession of up to eight ounce, eight grams of concentrate will be perfectly legal. Now, giving someone even a joint gets you a misdemeanor. Under Alma, you can share up to an ounce with another adult. Now you've got to buy your, black, your weed on the black market from a guy who can get a felony for selling it. Under Alma, you can go to a retail shop and buy marijuana. Well, this is the part of the discussion where the medical marijuana arguments come in. People who say, well, Prop 215 is all we ever need. You know, the current law where wide swaths of California are no-grow areas and ban retail shops. You can just get your medical card, they explain. Well, even if you accept the reasoning that healthy people who like to get high ought to go lie to a doctor to get their recreational weed, 
And even if you ignore the damaging political frame that created for every other state that's tried or is trying to legalize medical marijuana, voting for Alma is still the smart thing to do. Now, your city can ban you from cultivating medical marijuana, indoors or outdoors. Under Alma, your city cannot ever ban your personal indoor sixth plant garden. Now, if you live in public housing or have an anti-pot landlord, you can't legally use your medicine anywhere because public toking is illegal. Under Alma, you can toke with other adults in a licensed pot lounge. Now, your parental rights can be infringed upon because of your medical marijuana use. Under Alma, medical marijuana parental rights are specifically protected. If there is any part of Alma that makes things worse for a marijuana consumer or a medical marijuana patient than they are now, I can't find it. But it's interesting to see the attempts my opponents try to use to scare people. One of them tells me Alma will cause the price of weed to rise $500 an ounce, even though legalization with more restrictions in Colorado and no homegrown in Washington, both with higher taxes than Alma, have led to precipitous declines in the retail price of marijuana. I just looked on the Main Street Marijuana website in uh, Vancouver, Washington, and I can get a half ounce for $45 with a 37% tax. Another complains that it creates an open container law, and it makes it illegal to smoke pot in a moving vehicle, even if you're a passenger with a medical marijuana recommendation. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You thought hotboxing in the car was legal now? <laughs> it's not, folks. And this open container part just requires you to do what is a smart move anyway. Put your stash in the trunk. Some people are bothered by the penalties for passing weed to minors or growing and selling without a license. Well, not only are those things already illegal, how well do you think voters would take an argument that we ought to be allowed to pass weed to school children? I'll give you a hint. About as well as they'd take an argument that we ought to be able to hotbox a vehicle. So here's my challenge to my opponents. Take the time you'd spend thinking of a clever new insult or a name for me and find me just one part of Alma where my life as an adult cannabis consumer with no medical marijuana recommendation gets worse after it passes. But folks, it's not a real argument they're trying to have here because the heat I'm taking from these marijuana growers and true legalizers in California over Alma has to do more with the deification of the plant and those who grow it. Look, folks, they're farmers. Farmers are great people. They deserve a lot of respect, but they're not gods. For one thing, these farmers have been taking advantage of prohibition to price gouge consumers for decades. Can you name another vegetable crop that sells for $14 to $30 per gram? I can. Saffron. Saffron is a spice that can only be harvested three weeks out of the year and grows mainly in Iran. Families of field workers work 19-hour days to harvest the saffron, which is the three stamens from a crocus sativus flower that must be picked by hand. It takes about 150 flowers to make one gram of saffron. And I can get a gram of saffron at Walmart for 18 bucks. Now, I know, growing cannabis can take some time and effort and expense. 
But more than handpicking three stamens out of a flower, weed should cost more, even though that it's a crop that can be grown year-round. It can produce many grams from a single flower, and it doesn't have to be freeze-dried and shipped over the Atlantic. The counter, of course, is, but they're heroes for risking prison to keep us all in the green. Really? Heroes? Well, first of all, seven out of eight marijuana arrests are consumers, not growers. We're the ones the war on marijuana is built upon. Second, we're the ones who had to pay to take the prohibition risk. At least the grower who got busted was paid for his risk. And that's the key, they'll tell you, being paid for the risk. But what's a reasonable markup on risk? Mark Emery once told me that it costs between $12.50 and $25 to grow an indoor ounce of pot. And let's take the highball figure, $25 an ounce. At the going California rate of $300 per ounce, that works up to a 1,200% markup. That's Martin Pharma Bro Shkreli type numbers. Is he a hero? For everybody who hates Alma and loves Prop 215, are you really defending $300 ounces as overgrowing the government? Wouldn't we have done a much more thorough job overgrowing the government if growers had kept the markup down to, say, 400%? You know, 100 bucks an ounce. When I read these Prop 215 lovers wailing about how Alma will ruin everything and how it's going to create $500 ounces and how it's going to make Sean Parker's friends rich, I can only laugh at the Freudian projection going on. No, folks, the fear that is becoming so transparent to us consumers is that the growers like things just the way they are under Prop 215. It's legal enough to avoid the risk but illegal enough to keep charging the risk markup. They're not stupid. They can read what's happening in Colorado and Washington. In Washington, the prices are getting into the $45 to $65 per half ounce range. Let me read you this piece that I found uh, talking about uh, Vancouver's Main Street Marijuana. The owner said, quote, the last big purchase from a grower I made was at $6 a gram. The guy came back two days ago and said, Would you want more at $4.50? I said, I'll take more at $3 a gram, and I bought another 10 pounds. He also said that growers have been bringing him product for $1 or $2 a gram. And in Colorado... Not quite as much, but Convergex reports that the average price for an eighth ounce dropped from between $50 and $70 last June to between $30 and $45 now. The price for a full ounce is now between $250 and $300 after selling for roughly $300 to $400 a year ago. So yeah, if the prices for my harvest were going to drop like that thanks to legalization, I'd be wailing about the OMA too. But if I were a marijuana consumer, not having to get a doctor's note and being able to buy a $45 half ounce of weed sounds like a hell of a reason to vote for Alma. Speaking of the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, make sure you join us tomorrow. We've got a very special edition live from Seattle Canacon. We'll be speaking with 
Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad an extended interview about the Adult Use Marijuana Act where they're going to debunk all of this mythology and scaremongering. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com and at Canacon in Seattle, I'm Radical Russ. Stay tuned. Hour 2 is next. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. It's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can toke. I inhale. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can toke and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Hotland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana and and the, the next thing you know they got 10 years and now here's your host the guru of ganja graphics the sultan of sativa statistics and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist a polite perspicacious productive pothead with a propensity for powerpoint radical russ belleville Welcome back, everybody. We are live from the floor of Canacon 2016 here in Seattle, Washington. It's an amazing event going on out here. Two floors, hundreds of vendors. We've got three different seminar buildings that are going on right now for cultivation, business, and activism. Tomorrow here at Canacon is the All Women's Day, and uh, it'll be opening with a keynote speech from our good friend Cheryl Schumann, who I got to see earlier today. And uh, all the panels will be uh, hosted and moderated by women tomorrow. We're going to get you some of that audio recorded for the show and for my SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash Radical Russ. Also, want to give a big shout-out and huge thanks to the fans, friends, and supporters out there who are taking part in my impromptu pledge drive fundraiser, otherwise known as, holy shit, I'm broke and I need money for Uber. <laughs> I... I, I tweeted and posted something on Facebook the other day about how uh, tight my bank account was getting. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a divorce and I've uh, had to move out of the house and uh, my cell phone is cut off and I caught five wrong buses yesterday. <laughs> it's just a hell of a day and I whined and wailed about it and, you know, say, hey, if you can throw five bucks, 20 bucks in the tip jar, you know, uh, PayPal me 
Rat, Russ at RadicalRuss.com. That would be a real help. Folks, I just checked it a second ago. This fundraiser is over $1,600 already. I can't believe how generous you people are out there that are following me and listening to me. And, man, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And it's, it makes me feel like the Bernie Sanders of, of marijuana, right? I feel like the Bernie Sanders of marijuana media. Uh, billionaires can't buy me. Big marijuana can't have me. As much as my opponents like to say, you know, you're a shill, you're a brown noser, you're, you know, you're bought off. Like, folks, <laughs> if you could only see the financial struggles I go through uh, to go weekend after weekend after weekend, all flying all across this country to bring you the best of the marijuana movement. Uh, you, you'd laugh as much as I laugh whenever I see those kind of comments. And, and folks, it's really about networking and meeting folks. And, and I'll tell you that my opinions on these things, my rants that I do, are bought by no one. There have been things I've said in my rants that I guarantee you have cost me advertising dollars. My last rant, talking about the greedy growers, I'm sure there's probably some growers now like, fuck that guy, we're not giving him any money. (laughs) So look, uh, my opinions are my own. And uh, please, I hope you can believe that. It's all I've got are my words. And um, I'm going to keep that integrity and keep my promise to you to always be bringing you the best of the marijuana movement to always be bringing you the latest news and events and traveling from sea to shining sea. 50 states by the time I'm 50. That's my goal here at the Russ Belville Show. And we're working on the Legalize America Tour, hopefully to take place uh, this fall. And uh, we'll go across the states that are going to be legalizing. California, Arizona, and Nevada first. We'll head up to the East Coast to do uh, Massachusetts and Maine as well. But uh, on the rest of today's show, we've got more for you. From the floor here at Canacon in Seattle, Bob Smart, the man who's actually behind all of this event, he will be speaking to us next when we come back. And uh, we've also got Teresa from Potluck Events in Anchorage, Alaska, who will be speaking with us. And then we'll have some time for some cannabis community chats. I'm going to talk about how things are changing with medical marijuana in Oregon and California and how that must look to people in a red state. All that's coming up on the Russ Belville Show, live from Canacon 2016, Seattle, at Pier 91. Be right back after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Fingerboard Extension has fretted instruments to enhance your creativity. It has new and used guitars and banjos from beginning to high class. The Fingerboard Extension has National Resophonic, Hassan Dalton, Larrabee, Heritage and Recording King guitars, and Mike Ramsey, Wildwood, Gold Tone, and Recording King banjos. The Fingerboard Extension also has drum stuff, used gear, and parts. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis, Oregon, at 120 Northwest 2nd, or check out the inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com and reverb.com. It's time for Cannabis Facts about teen drug use from Robert Platchorn's TheSilverTour.org. This message is supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at HempInc.com. 
A recent survey by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control indicates that in states that have legalized medical marijuana, the rate of marijuana consumption among high school students has not increased. In fact, in legal states like Colorado, teen use has actually decreased significantly. It's simply no longer a big deal for teenagers in legal states. This was Cannabis Facts from the Silvertour.org, an educational nonprofit supported by our donors and Hemp Inc., a public company poised to lead America's hemp revolution at hempinc.com. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Canna Business Chronicles. Welcome back, everybody. Radical Russ here, day one of CannaCon in Seattle with CannabisRadio.com and the Russ Belleville Show. And I'm here with the man behind CannaCon, Bob Smart. How you doing, Bob? So uh, this event is huge. Is this the biggest one you've put on so far? This is the, definitely the biggest one I've put on so far. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many square feet, but do you know how many vendors you got going? Oh, yeah. 98,000 square feet. There's 356 booth spaces and 275 exhibitors to Wow. Amazing. And two floors and just every possible you know, vendor. And uh, we've got software and insurance and just everything you could possibly want. But you've also got a lot of these seminars going on. Give us a little rundown of that. You know, we tried to do seminars a little different. It seems like most of the seminars that you see anymore are just people getting up there and talking about what they've done themselves, where we've made our seminars where they're educational. Most of them are Q&A. They're just there to teach and help. Somebody wants to know how to do this, how to do that. This is the place to come. And we were just looking through the seminars, and this year every room has been full. Wow. You know, 200 seats in every room. There's three rooms. Uh, they've just been packed all day. So uh, has it been difficult working uh, with local officials or the city trying to get this put together? No, actually. We just don't fight any of the rules. They say don't do this. We don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you know? <laughs> are, are, are they neutral, or are they excited about the business that comes in about this? They're very excited about it, man. Show they do. Uh, wow. The largest thing the court puts on. Um, you know, we did it last year and they had their little meetings and stuff about it. And a couple of weeks later, called back and said, hey, if you guys want to keep doing the show, great. So we have a long term deal with them to keep it here. Well, that's wonderful. Now, uh, are there Canacons going to be taking place el- other places in the United States or even internationally? Yeah, we'll look at international right now. I just booked the LA Convention Center for yeah. July 14th, 15th, and 16th. All right. Look forward to mid-July for Canacon down there in L.A. We'll be down there. That'll be a lot of fun. All right. And you've got uh, a lot of food trucks outside. And I want to thank you for that because I do a lot of these events. And you got those one inside the Expo $3 pretzel places. And this is a really good selection of food and bands out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, we tried to step it up a bit this year. We've got a place to have it sit down and eat under a nice tent so you're warm and listen to music. And they'll just come out. we got 20 food, uh, 12, 14 food trucks here. Even if you don't come into the expo, it's worth the 20 bucks. <laughs> there you go. So you can get more information on this on at canacon.org. And, you know, people are going to hear this on my show. I'm going live in just an hour. And so there's two more days of this, Friday and Saturday. Tell people about ticket specials or anything they could know about coming out here for the next couple days. Uh, really, really inexpensive is kind of what we're trying to set ourselves apart. Uh, if you just want to come out and go through all the expos, see all the different exhibits and all that good stuff, it's 20 bucks. If wow. If you come out for the day and uh, see all that and go to some seminars, it's 75 we have three-day access passes, but now it's we're past the first. So now it's just uh, it's just one day for Friday, one day for Saturday. Yeah. You have to do. We did have, we do have a bud tender uh, training course. Wow. And that's going on on Saturday, but it's sold out completely. Yeah. Man, this is so great, and it just shows the demand that we've got here for this new industry. I, I've done two or three vendor interviews today, and I talked to these vendors with they do uh, vacuum ovens and some other things and uh, HVAC and such. And I say, so did this company come up as a mainstream company and, and then join the Green Rush, and how much has the Green Rush affected you? These guys are saying it's the majority of their business now. It's just people being employed and, and, and the economy. This certainly shows it off here, and you got a great show going on, Bob. We appreciate it. So uh, anything else as far as contact info or message you'd like to leave our, our audience? Come on out and check it out. I mean, one thing I will put it out there, there is absolutely no cannabis on site. There's no going outside the doors and smoking a little bit. We're not federal property. Ah. You know, that's security. You just don't do it if you there's, there's a good tip. No, that is a good tip. So that is a good thing. Ah, okay. Right on. I'm so glad you gave me that warning before I went outside to record the bands. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Bob, and uh, have yourself a great Canacon. Looks like it's good so far. Awesome. Thanks, Russ. You bet. Amazing stuff going here at Canacon. And yes, folks, if you're going to make your way out here, leave the weed at home. You're on federal property. That's kind of ballsy having a Canacon on federal property, don't you think? <laughs> Gotta love it. All right, stay tuned. We got more in our activist agenda. I ran into Teresa from Potluck Events up in Anchorage, Alaska. And then uh, we'll have some time for some cannabis community chats. I got a few more little sub ranty things I got to get off my chest. So stay tuned. We're live from Canacon, Seattle. I'm Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest-growing business association in the fastest-growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel 1 on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. 
from high atop Mount Soldad in San Diego, California, 100 feet above sea level. Good morning. It's good news with cannabis nurse Heather. This plant is amazing. Positive change is happening. We did it. No matter who you are, you can make a positive impact on the world. I would rather be illegally alive than legally dead. And that quote helped to give you strength. Nurse Heather is only on CannabisRadio.com. Good morning, Cannabis Nurse Heather. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's order. Less heat, <laughs> More flavor. Activism begins with ACT. The Rush Belleville Show features the stories of hardworking grassroots activists working for an end to prohibition in today's activist agenda. Welcome back, everybody, to Canacon Day One here in Seattle, Washington. We're outside amongst this awesome row of 14 different food trucks, and I run into one of my best friends from the great white north of Alaska. Teresa is here with the 420 potluck events. That's right. I, there's, I, you have to forgive me. There's so many. That, that's right. And uh, give us the latest update on what's going on, because last we talked to you, there was uh, you know, some concerns that were happening as far as your club and everything. And, and, and they're, you know, uh, compared to Oregon, Washington, and uh, Colorado, uh, Alaska seems to be coming around on this. Yeah, and speaking of the commercial operations, you're in Anchorage, so uh, how is the industry, is it like starting to take root there? like the thousand foot from a school kind of thing oh okay well geez alaska is so big <laughs> you know but uh, okay so the 500 foot as the crow flies you can't be within what is it like schools playgrounds churches any place a kid might be rehabs oh all right you know it's ironic considering that a lot of people are escaping their addictions to alcohol and opiates by using cannabis. And you'd want to keep them away from a cannabis club? That makes no sense. Uh, and as far as the, the laws there, you can't mix the cannabis and alcohol, right? Can't have those in the same place? Anything else that people need to know? Okay. 
Yeah. It, folks, I got to tell you, I went to Anchorage for my first time last year, and I will keep going back because it's just gorgeous. The people are friendly here, like Teresa. And a friend with weed is a friend indeed. <laughs> so tell folks how to get in touch with you guys online, 420 Clubs and, and every, uh, the events that you're doing. Sorry. Excellent. Nice to run into you, Teresa. Enjoy the show. It is 420 here on the Pacific Coast. It's maybe 30 seconds before it, but what the hell? Let's get it on like Donkey Kong. Of course, I can't take my 420 break because I'm on federal property, but you'll have to toke one for me. We'll be right back with some cannabis community chat. I got more to talk about right after this. The Fingerboard Extension has fretted instruments to enhance your creativity. It has new and used guitars and banjos from beginning to high class. The Fingerboard Extension has National Resophonic, Hassan Dalton, Larrabee, Heritage and Recording King guitars, and Mike Ramsey, Wildwood, Gold Tone, and Recording King banjos. The Fingerboard Extension also has drum stuff, used gear, and parts. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension, downtown Corvallis, Oregon, at 120 Northwest 2nd, or check out the inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com and reverb.com. We all know that Prohibition was a disaster. It forced alcohol into the underground market where it was controlled by criminals, and consumers did not know what they were getting. It made us a nation of hypocrites and lawbreakers. Marijuana Prohibition has caused a lot of the same problems. That's why most Vermonters agree it's time for a more sensible approach. Tell your state senator it's time to end Prohibition and start regulating marijuana in Vermont. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, Most people who use don't have a problem, so I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Welcome back to the Cannabis Community Chat here. I'm live on the floor of Canacon, Seattle, Washington, 2016 on Pier 91. It's this huge, huge event, hundreds of vendors. Uh, No way I've even seen a fourth of them at this point. So uh, we'll be doing a lot of interviews on tomorrow's show. Make sure you tune in tomorrow live at 3 o'clock because not only am I going to have more interviews from the vendors here, but we've also got Chris Conrad and Mickey Norris joining us, two of California's 
most uh, renowned activists, and they're going to be spending an extended half hour with me on the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, basically laying out what it will do and what it will not do. And we're going to have live call-ins starting at 4 o'clock. You can call in and ask your questions of Chris Conrad and Mickey Norris or make your comments uh, about why you don't like Alma or think something else is better. This is the voice of the marijuana nation, and even when we disagree, I am opening my mics and opening my phone lines to everyone out there because I think the more we're talking about this, the more we're winning, and it's very important that we get marijuana legalized in California in 2016. And and as I report on this, on these happenings in the West Coast, California, and you know South Southwest, Nevada, and Arizona, I often wonder how my friends in the red states, like Texas, would respond to some of these complaints that you hear from the marijuana activists out here. For instance, let's let's go back to my home state of Oregon. There is this enormous wailing from the people in the medical marijuana movement about these new regulations for medical marijuana gardens. It used to be the case that a grower could cultivate medical marijuana for four patients. And that's still the case. If you're a designated grower, patient, up to four patients can designate you their grower and you can grow for those patients. And you can grow six mature plants and 18 immature plants per patient. Okay, But the trick was that multiple growers, without any limits, could operate on the same premises. As long as all those growers had the cards from their patients, they could all collectively cultivate on one property. And this loophole got so stretched out of shape that at one time, our local newspaper, The Oregonian, reported that the largest medical marijuana garden in the state was supplying 104 patients. That's at least 26 growers at one property. And if you do the math with six mature and 18 immature plants per patient, there could have been 624 mature plants and 1,872 immature plants in that space. And worse, since Oregon had no residency requirement at the time, it turned out that all 104 patients were from Southern California. So we had a grow that was over 2,400 plants, not serving a single Oregonian in the Oregon medical marijuana program, whose voters had presumed growers would be cultivating at most 24 mature plants and 72 immature plants at any one location. So now the legislature is taking up this issue and setting a new standard, an absolute cap on plant numbers in different settings. If you're currently growing a huge amount of plants in a residential zone, you're now going to be limited to a maximum of 24 cannabis plants per property. And if you're growing a whole lot of plants right now in a non-residential zone, you're going to be limited down to just 96 plants. And if you're starting a brand new grow, the limits are half that. You can have 12 plants in a residential area. You can have 48 plants in a non-residential area. (sighs) Take a deep breath, Texans. You heard that correctly. Oregon marijuana advocates are wailing about only being able to grow a dozen or more plants. Now, in California... The complaints are with the proposed Adult Use of Marijuana Act for 2016. 
the legalization initiative that Sean Parker's dropped a million bucks on, matched by DPA and MPP. In addition to some of these California advocates complaining that Alma's legalization of one ounce of weed, eight grams of concentrate, six plants at home, and all the weed you can harvest from those plants at home just isn't enough. They're also complaining that it makes having an open bag of weed in the front seat of a car illegal, as well as smoking marijuana in that moving car, and as well as passing a joint to a minor, all illegal. (laughs) Yeah, take another deep breath, Texans. Some Californians actually want to argue that punishing people for toking while driving and sharing with kids is wrong. So if I have a word of advice for Texans looking to legalize marijuana, it would be to hope that California legalizes in 2016 and the momentum for legalization becomes so great that the Lone Star State can move straight from prohibition to legalization without the interim step of medical marijuana. Now, it's not that medical marijuana per se is a bad thing. Of course it's not. Nobody wants the sick and dying to suffer. And politically, sometimes it's all the momentum you can accomplish. The problem is that medical marijuana, as I've seen it evolve in every state so far, becomes its own issue and its own industry. And its advocates become as resistant to legalization as any other business that benefits from the status quo. Medical marijuana makes marijuana legal enough that you can buy and sell it, but it keeps it illegal enough that you can charge prohibition prices for it. In fact, in California in 2010 and Washington in 2012, medical marijuana dispensaries took some of their weed-selling profits, and let's be frank, a lot of that came from recreational consumers, and used them to fund campaigns against legalization. The campaigns to defeat legalization were often more vocal and visible than the ones from the natural foes of legalization, cops, drug testers, prison guards, and rehabs. And I guarantee you will see it again in California in 2016. And we may even see some of it in Nevada, Arizona, Massachusetts, and Maine from their medical industries as well. If it becomes possible, Texas, may I recommend that your marijuana legalization law creates a new commission rather than turning marijuana over to your liquor controllers. And then have that commission create one set of regulations for growers for processors, for wholesalers, and for retailers. The only thing about marijuana that needs to be medical is to allow the Texas Department of Health, or whatever you call it, to create a voluntary registry of patients with recommendations from their doctors for medical use. That registry gives them a card that allows them to possess more, to grow more, and to get it tax-free from the retail shops. That's it. Marijuana doesn't have to be more complicated than that. You don't have to have the two-tiered medical recreational systems that we see in Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. And if I know my Texans, they're fond of limited small government. So not having two redundant regulatory inspection, testing, and licensing schemes seems like a perfect fit for y'all. So I'm looking forward to the reforms that are on their way in some of these other states and I think after California passes legalization we'll have reached that tipping point 
We'll have reached that tipping point where you can go to a state legislature in some of these red states and say, look, legalization's coming. Legalization's happening. With legal California, there's just far too much legal weed in America coming from the West Coast and sweeping east that you better get on board this train if you want to have any sort of control over it whatsoever. We're already seeing the the counties on the uh, borders of Colorado from Nebraska and Kansas already complaining they don't have enough money to jail all the people that they catch with marijuana that's legal coming from those places. Imagine how much worse it's going to be when it's Washington, Oregon, California, Arizona, and Nevada, the entire West Coast and Southwest, pushing all that legal marijuana eastward. So these eastern and midwestern and southern red states better get it in their heads that legalization's coming. And so now, after California passes legalization, I think we'll be in a spot where we can say to these guys, look, be practical. All of these states that have legalized started with medical marijuana. It's clear that you can't just have just medical marijuana. It's clear that you just can't have a state-by-state regime where it's legal in some states and illegal in other states. What other drug can you think of where it's legal in one state and it's not legal in another state? Marijuana is fungible. It's going to cross state borders. Supply and demand doesn't give a shit about your state prohibition. So it's about time some of these red states, like Texas, like others, recognize that the smart move is to jump right to legalization. Jumping right to legalization also helps the medical consumer. By depressing the price of marijuana and creating more access and more production, trying to keep marijuana in that little bottle, in that little box of only being a medicine... And then, as the latest states have been trying to do, trying to restrict it so it can't be smoked. It can only be non-smoked edibles or oils or tinctures. It doesn't work. The supply and demand law is immutable in this case. People are going to want their cannabis flowers. So let's just get smart. Texas, I know you can do it. I know other states can do it as well. And after California legalizes, and after we start getting more data in from Oregon and Alaska, and after two, three years of this, by 2020, it's time for all the rest of the states to start getting on board legalization because we'll have enough data. We'll have eight years of data from Colorado and Washington. We'll have six years of data from Oregon and Alaska. We'll have four years of data from California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine. And, and who knows? Maybe we get some states to pass legalization in 2017, 2018. Vermont and Rhode Island are looking at passing those sorts of laws through their legislature. So to all my listeners out there in the Midwest, in the South, in these red states where you think that marijuana legalization is so far away, I hope that you can have some hope that it's not that far away. We're bringing it to you as fast as we can. And when we're at at events here like Canacon, where I talk to these uh, vendors of HVAC equipment and vendors of vacuum purge ovens about how their business has been rescued, has been saved by marijuana legalization, how now their marijuana-using market for their products is bigger than their standard market for their products. The more that happens, the more jobs are created, the more tax revenue that's brought in, 
the more the economy is stimulated by marijuana legalization, the more you're going to start to see these states and these legislatures want to get on board. Because remember, the earlier you get on board, the more profit you make. If you're the 50th state to legalize marijuana, you're no big deal. But if you're the 10th, (laughs) there's a lot of money there to be made. We'll take a break. We'll come back for our final segment on Toker Talk Radio on CannabisRadio.com. Stick around. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Dr. Dabber, hurry! Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up! I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber, doctor's order. Less heat, more flavor. The cannabis community is a diverse set of people from all walks of life. Conservative and liberal, black and white, straight and gay, rich and poor, and everyone in between. Learn more about the people we are freeing from adult cannabis prohibition in our Cannabis Community Chat. Welcome back, everybody. We are live from the floor of Canacon in Seattle, Washington. And one of my listeners, I believe it was John Thomas, forwarded me this uh, new study. And, and we'll have to talk to Dr. Mitch Earlywine about this one. Uh, it, uh, it sounds awfully suspicious to me, but I'll just tell you what it's saying here. Uh, there's a new study that claims that people who smoke marijuana are five times more likely to develop an alcohol problem. This comes from two separate studies uh, conducted by two New York universities. Renee Goodwin, the associate professor of epidemiology at Columbia, uh, said, quote, Our results suggest that cannabis use appears to be associated with an increased vulnerability to developing an alcohol use disorder, even among those without any history of this. Furthermore, she added, quote, Marijuana use also appears to increase the likelihood that an existing alcohol use disorder will continue over time. This was an analysis of over 27,000 adults who had first used marijuana 
before they had any sort of alcohol use disorder, and then they were assessed later. And they found that people that had used marijuana in their first assessment and then that were followed up three years later were five times more likely to develop an alcohol use problem compared to those who had not used marijuana. And furthermore, the adult problem drinkers who did not use cannabis were more likely to be in recovery three years later compared to those who had also used marijuana. So some first thoughts that I would have about this. Number one, my use of alcohol significantly declined and became far more functional after I discovered cannabis. But I'm not really the guy in their group here. I'm somebody who had an alcohol disorder and then found cannabis. This thing that they're talking about is people that had smoked cannabis and then later became alcoholics or had some sort of problem drinking. That seems a little fishy to me. For one, I always am distrustful of studies that purport to tell us something about people using marijuana when marijuana use is illegal. (laughs) Marijuana use is illegal, and so someone that is moving on to marijuana may also be affected by other factors that make it more likely for them to be within the criminal uh, justice system. Okay? So... Suppose I'm someone who who smokes marijuana, and suppose I get caught. Well, when I get caught smoking marijuana, I get arrested. And when I get arrested, I go to jail. When I go to jail, sometimes I can't make bail. And when I can't make bail, I lose my job. When I lose my job, I lose my home. When I lose my home, I'm homeless and I'm a bum. And who wouldn't drink in that circumstance? These are like these studies that purport to say that there's a, a, a productivity problem with marijuana consumers, right? Marijuana consumers don't make as much money and they have lower uh, achievement in in the workplace. Well, yeah, because when you catch them with weed, you fire them or you suspend them. Or when they're trying to get a good job or a better job, there's a drug test that stops them. Anytime I get a study like this that tells me that there's some terrible thing that marijuana is doing to people, I'm always suspicious of it because people have been smoking pot for 7,000 years. They've been drinking for longer, 10,000 years. If this were a problem, it would have surfaced by now. We'd have known this kind of thing by now. I just don't understand uh, what's going on with this particular study. Uh, They also... Looked at research, uh, this was in the Journal of the American Medical Association Psychiatry, uh, it was a follow-up study. This was with uh, 35,000 adults interviewed three years apart. 1,300 of them had used marijuana. Two-thirds of them had some, force, some form of substance use disorder three years later, compared to less than 20% of those who didn't use marijuana in the previous year. Uh, The researcher, Dr. Mark Olfson, the professor of psychiatry at Columbia, said, quote, those who used marijuana once or more a month had the highest rates of substance use disorders at follow-up. Cannabis users were six times more likely to have substance use disorders, three times more likely to have alcohol disorders, ten times more likely to report marijuana use disorders, twice as likely to report nicotine dependence. Now, Understand, we're talking about a a report that I'm getting off of Russia today when I'm reading this, RT, right? And the very last line 
in the entire report says, quote, In the ongoing national debate concerning whether to legalize recreational marijuana, the public and legislators should take into consideration the potential for marijuana use to increase the risk of developing alcohol abuse and other serious drug problems. That's our last line, right? That's what we're left with. You better watch out. If you're legalizing pot, you better watch out because more people are going to use all these other drugs. The penultimate line is he stressed that although the study cannot prove cannabis caused the additional problems, the possibility should be considered. We can't prove it, but let's scare everyone with it. That's the point they're trying to make. Folks, I know this to be false. I have talked to so many people who have gotten over their alcohol problems, who've gotten over their opioid addictions, thanks to being able to use cannabis. So these studies, lots of confounders you would have to think about. What are the socioeconomic situations of people who use cannabis versus people who don't use cannabis? And would those socioeconomic situations explain why they're more likely to end up with a drug use disorder or an alcohol use disorder? This is just another example of trying to propagate that gateway theory. This idea, you smoke pot, the next thing you can do, you're going to run out and do coke, you're going to run out and do heroin. Folks, it just ain't true. It just ain't true. And I don't see how it could be true when you look at how many people have ever smoked pot, about 108 million, and then you look at how many people who are currently using Hard drugs works out to about 350,000. Heroin works out to about 2 million cocaine. Works out to about half a million to a million for meth. Overall, there may be about 3 million people that are using other hard drugs when 108 million have tried marijuana. It's also curious to me. I'm also curious about how they define the adult use disorders, the, the alcohol use disorders, and the, uh, the substance use disorders, and so forth. But uh, this is something, like I said, we'll bring this up with uh, Dr. Mitch Earlywine on our show uh, the next time we have him on. I'm sure it's something that we'll uh, get all sorts of great information on. Now, folks, unfortunately... I've got to make my way out. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time. I've got to make my way out to the VIP party I'm emceeing tonight on the uh, 75th floor, 76th floor, the top floor of the Columbia Tower in uh, downtown Seattle. We'll have all sorts of great pictures for you on my uh, uh, Instagram account, and uh, maybe even I'll periscope some of it for you so you can see what it's like to be a VIP in legal Seattle, Washington. For everyone here at Canacon, I'm Radical Russ for CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with our special, Mickey Norris and Chris Conrad. We're going to go a half hour on the Adult Use of Marijuana Act in California and take live calls after that. And we'll also have a special Saturday edition of the Russ Belville Show live from the floor of Canacon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all your donations and support. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it.
it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seat, you. Come